Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone and welcome to Temporary Admission. This week we're going to be chatting with Axel Ruger, Chief Executive of the Royal Academy and the man who's overseeing this year's summer exhibition, alongside celebrated British sculptor Alison Wilding. Now Axel, the summer exhibition is a firm favourite of mine and I look forward to it every year, but before we get into what to expect this time round, could you maybe tell us a little bit more about you and, and how it was that you got involved with the summer exhibition at the RA? So I've been indeed with the Royal Academy of Arts here in London for three years, almost to the day, because I do remember that I started just literally the week before the summer exhibition opened um, here in 2019. And so obviously, uh, you know, then uh, I've been working in the Netherlands for 13 years. I was director of the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam all that time. Um, And before that, I had worked as a curator here in London at the National Gallery. So I was well familiar with London. I was well familiar with museum work, but the Royal Academy is also a slightly different type of institution because not only do we do big art exhibitions, but we're of course also a working academy. That is to say, we have students and we have elected members, our Royal Academicians who are, and you know, if you've achieved a certain level in your career, um, then you may get elected by your peers to become a member. That's an appointment for life. So we have that, you know, very strong community of, of very accomplished artists and architects here at the Royal Academy. But it's not usually the role of a chief executive to get involved in, in something like overseeing the exhibition, I guess, so closely, is it? I got involved more closely with the summer exhibition because it Uh, Well, I should start by saying it is an exhibition that is curated by a group of members of the Royal Academy, by um, a group of artists every year under the leadership of the so-called coordinator, who is one of the artists. But then, of course, it also needs to be organized. And so there's always a curatorial person involved from the Academy side. And that was someone who had been working for the Academy for many years, but then decided to leave in early 2020 and so it needed uh, someone to take this on and that's when I stepped in so I've been curator internal curator of the summer exhibition last year and for this year's edition and then going forward another colleague will take will take this over and how did you find it working so closely on the exhibition I guess it's it's a bit of a departure from your usual tasks and maybe not something that you would have been able to get involved with at the Van Gogh Museum for example well, it is. It's sort of an extra, extra thing. I, I hugely enjoy it because it, of course, takes you very close to to the art. And working also with a group of our academicians is uh, interesting and rewarding. And it's an the summer exhibition is a, is an exhibition like no other. So therefore, you know, it is also really intriguing to work on it. Mm, I, I bet. And 
you know, we will get on to the sub exhibition in a minute, I promise. But I'm interested because, you know, you joined the exhibition or you joined the RA, I should probably say, three years ago. And the last two years, if not, you know, two and a half years, haven't exactly been plain sailing for museums within the UK or indeed across the world. How have you found that? Because it can't have been, you know, what you signed up for when taking on the role of chief executive at the RA. Well, I wouldn't say it was a walk in the park, really. It's, of course, uh, you know, I got here and seven months into a new job, I all of a sudden found myself confronted with with COVID and closure in mid-March 2020. Um, And then it became a lot of crisis management and um, between opening and closing and opening and closing again, and which... Uh, had serious financial implications for the Royal Academy. The Royal Academy does not get any uh, regular public money, no government grant. And so therefore, all our income is earned by by us. And with when we close, that, of course, means an immediate loss of uh, some of our regular income. So, you know, that was hugely challenging, but also from a program point of view, because, of course, the closures meant that not all the exhibitions we had planned could go through or needed to be postponed. Some needed to be cancelled. And uh, all of that comes with sort of huge logistical implications and challenges. So, you know, we've certainly had our hands full here in over the past two years. And now it's, it's nice to see that, you know, everything is fully back online. Uh, and we're operating and can sort of run most of our program. Financial constraints mean that we have not really fully recovered everything, but, you know, we're working on it and um, bit by bit are growing back. Even if you talk about it now, it seems so long ago, actually, now, weirdly, even though it, it really wasn't. But I can remember the times when, you know, like you say, museums were all closed to the public and you couldn't go to the shops or, or anything like that. It was a very weird time, but... I guess that leads us perfectly on to talking about the summer exhibition because last year, obviously, it had moved and it, it wasn't necessarily the summer exhibition within summer. It was more like autumn, but this year it is back to normal and probably a good place to, to start on this for those that don't know too much about the summer exhibition is if you could tell us a little bit more about it. Well, the summer exhibition is really the exhibition that the Royal Academy has been organizing since the day it was founded, because when the Royal Academy was founded in 1768, it also it was founded in order to provide education for young artists, training for young artists as a proper academy would. And the academicians, of course, realized very quickly that, you know, that also needed to be financed and supported somehow. And so the exhibition, this what is now the summer exhibition, the annual exhibition was created for the members of the academy to show their work and to be able to sell their work also. Um, so from the moment of its inception, the summer exhibition is uh, both a showcase for the work of academicians and now also by you know the, the general public, and we'll come to that. But it is also, very importantly, a selling exhibition. So we generate income through the exhibition, through the sales in the exhibition, which then benefits the Royal Academy schools to this day. And we have been organizing this annual exhibition since 1769 on an annual basis without any interruption. So it's never been canceled. And therefore, we also felt during COVID that, of course, whatever it took, we would you know, hang on to, to the summer exhibition and make sure that we would organize it. And that meant for both in 
2021 and 2020 that the exhibition took place in the autumn rather than in the summer. But normally it takes place in the summer, uh, opening in mid-June and then running until the end of August normally. It's probably worth just mentioning at this point as well that it's a little bit different to the usual kind of exhibitions that you see at museums in the UK, isn't it? Why is that? It is an exhibition open to public submissions. It's the biggest public submission exhibition in the world. And we receive at the moment on an annual basis around fourteen to 15,000 submissions from the public, from which then the academicians select work in two rounds um, that will ultimately then end up in the exhibition together with works submitted by the Royal Academicians, the members of the Academy who have a right all to submit works to the show, plus a few invited artists who um, are invited to participate. And that makes then in total for an exhibition of about roughly 1300 works or so, uh, most of which for sale at price points starting at 50 pounds and then however high you want to go. I always find it quite fun, you know, looking in the catalogue and finding the work that you've seen and deciding that, you, you know, you want to buy it or finding out how much it is or, you know, who is by, like you say. I, I think I've always been very tempted to make a purchase, but I have to admit I haven't done so just yet. And I guess on that note, I mean, it just got me thinking around the, the, how the exhibition is hung because it's quite different to other museum exhibitions in the sense that it is just so jam-packed. It's, um, and it's hung very densely, unusually in many of the rooms, literally floor to ceiling. Um, and all you get is the information on the artist and the title of the work, the size and the material, but really no further explanation. So in that sense, it is, uh, you, you, you go to the summer exhibition to discover, but it is not in, in, in that sense an, art, an exhibition with a narrative. I quite like that, though, because it does feel like quite down to earth, you know, approachable exhibition where, you know, everyone can go and, and find something that they can enjoy. And, you know, there's there's nothing more to it than that, really. But there is a loose theme around the summer exhibition each year, isn't there? Yeah. So every not every year, but often the coordinator of the summer exhibition, who is one of the academicians, sets then the, the topic. And this year it is indeed climate and not just, as it were, the, necessarily the climate emergency, but also the climate in any manifestation, really. And um, that uh, has been set by the coordinator, Alison Wilding. And some artists have very directly responded to it and others less so. So it's a it's for everyone to discover, you know, um, what what relates to the topic. Mm, it feels like climate as a theme is certainly popping up everywhere at the moment, which I guess is definitely a good thing. But it's interesting how the RA has taken that slightly different stance for it to focus on, you know, climate more broadly. I think that's that's quite cool. But you also mentioned the idea of invited artists. Are you able to reveal who those are this year? Um, well, there are, um, yeah, I mean, there are uh, various ones. For the coordinator has specifically invited Gavin Turk, who has submitted works, and the big work that he has submitted is called Looking Glass. We have also invited John Gerrard, who has made a by Ralph, reasonably iconic work, which is on a very, very large LED screen, the image of a, of a, it's called Western Flag, 
and it's a flag that is created with black smoke, which is sort of quite an impressive work. And uh, also work that I'm particularly partial to is Douglas White's Black Palm, which is a palm tree that's made out of blown out tires that he uh, reuses, collects and reuses that debris from streets in, in South America. And uh, so those are a few of the, of the works. And then the architects, because there's always an architectural component also in the exhibition, two works that are particularly striking. One is by a company called Webb Yates, and um, it's called Equanimity, which is a suspended beam made of um, recycled stone, slabs of stone with a rather ingenious technology, how it is suspended. And um, we also have Marina Tabason from Bangladesh, uh, who created what is a flood shelter, which is actually being used and being built in the floodplains in Bangladesh for people to seek shelter. And we produced a replica in the exhibition, which is a rather strong structure. Um, and then in the exhibition itself, of course, you know, many of our rather famous Royal Academicians have submitted work uh, to, to the show and also some of our uh, academicians from abroad, for example, Ella Natsui has this year once again submitted a work. And then finally, we also uh, usually have a work in the Royal Academy courtyard, the courtyard towards Piccadilly, um, where we invite an artist for him to do an installation. And this year, it's a rather spectacular pavilion surrounded by vegetation by Cristina Iglesias, a Spanish artist, and it's called Humid or Wet Labyrinth. Uh, with spontaneous landscape and it's going to be quite a magnet i think when people all of a sudden see so much vegetation in the courtyard of the royal academy which is normally a rather stony environment wow i can't wait for for that one i i like particularly seeing the the installation or the, the sculpture within the courtyard because i think that's obviously the first thing that you see before you even go through the doors of the Royal Academy. And it's, it's also there for everyone to enjoy as well if you're walking through um, Piccadilly, like you say. So I will definitely keep my eyes peeled for that one. But something I think that's always, you know, quite hard to answer, but I do kind of like to ask it on our exhibition previews is, you know, for someone that's been so close to the exhibition and have seen all the works there, for our listeners, you know, are you able to pick one or two favourite works that you think, you know, our listeners should really look out for and, and should kind of pay special attention to this year? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is particularly when you're so deeply involved with a show, it's hard to identify, you know, any works where you feel sort of particular, sort of particular strengths. I mean, I would still say that my favourite is Douglas White's Black Palm, um, because it's just such an, on the one hand, ingenious and on the other hand also sort of striking piece a sort of palm tree as i said made out of the sort of remnants of blown out truck tires um, so it looks very rough and very beaten black obviously also as if it has been burnt and it, it refers of course you know to to the topic and possibly to the climate emergency to wastage to recycling of materials and so forth so um, and it's just a striking a striking piece uh, so I certainly, you know, am very, very happy to see that in, in the exhibition. And then it's just really hard to, to pin down other works because, as I said, there are so many and so many different works in the show um, that I find it hard to commit myself to, you know, any sort of really specific ones that I could otherwise point out. Well, we'll definitely keep our eyes out for those. But 
something I always find quite interesting as well is when I'm going around an exhibition thinking about who that works at the museum actually collects and buys the art and, and do they even do that? You know, as someone in your position who is chief executive at the Royal Academy, would you call yourself a collector or do you buy art? Well, I wouldn't call myself a collector because collecting always suggests to me that someone does it methodically so that they collect something specific, be it certain artists, be it a certain movement, be it, you know, uh, something like that. And I certainly don't collect in that way. I buy works of art as far as my purse allows for it, as it were. And eventually my homes or my home, shouldn't even say homes, is too small to accommodate them all. But so I, you know, I buy and I buy then usually I prefer to know the artist um, whose work I buy or meet them. And um, I have often bought from galleries where the gallerist is also a friend or someone I know well. And yes, I occasionally also have bought in the summer exhibition. And I won't ask what you um, plan to buy at the summer exhibition this year, because it might mean that it goes sooner than expected. But can you remember the first work that you bought? The very first work of art I purchased, yes. It was a work by actually a British painter and draftsman, Jim Harris, who lives in the Netherlands. And at the time I was living in the Netherlands. It's actually a, for a first purchase of surprisingly large painting, just of a, of a sort of handrail outside a public building in the Netherlands. So it seems a very pedestrian motif, but it reminded me of sort of other compositions. And I saw the work and thought, okay, you know, if I tip, dip my toe into buying works of art, um, then that was the one that I started. Wow. I think it's always quite interesting asking someone what the first work was that they collected, because no matter how many pieces people have accumulated over time, I think everyone always remembers the first work they've got and they hold such fond memories of it. I mean, I definitely do. And I think it's definitely been the case also when we've spoken to other people on the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, normally also any collector usually never sort of sells the first work that they ever bought. Yeah, that's very true. Look, Axel, it's been really lovely chatting with you today. And I think hopefully we've inspired many people to go to the summer exhibition as well. I know I personally can't wait to go have a look around as well. As I say, it's a firm favourite of mine, so I won't be missing it. And hopefully a lot of our listeners will also have the chance to go and look at the summer exhibition as well. I hope that many people will come, you know, um, spend a summer's day here at the RA and, and really get to enjoy it and maybe even take something home from it. But yeah, I mean, I think always that the summer exhibition is just such a sort of joyous visual feast and as I said, there's so much one can discover, really. And it's, it's sort of there's no preconceived value judgment. You yourself come in and decide what you like and what you may like a little less. So in that sense, you know, it's, I think, always a sort of wonderful thing to do. Fantastic. And I guess one thing we should also just touch on before we leave is that the exhibition takes place from the 21st of June through to the 21st of August and tickets are available on the Royal Academy of Arts website. And Axel, once again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We really have enjoyed it. Okay, well, thank you very much for having me. No problem. Well, that should just about conclude us for the latest episode of Temporary Admission. Make sure to tune in next week where we'll be chatting with the New Art Exchange. Of course, if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to hit like, subscribe or follow. We really do appreciate it. And it does actually make all the difference as well. But until then, stay safe. Speak soon.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.